Is disease a business? A massive and intricate campaign to keep people sick and acclimate them to the idea that sickness is an inevitable flaw of being human? This is a question that consciousness researcher, author, and documentary filmmaker Sonia Barrett explores in her latest project, The Business of Disease. But in this well-rounded and eye-opening illustration about how our health has been hijacked by special interests and social engineering, she doesn't stop at that. In this film, she avails the viewer to a stunning and exciting approach to understanding how we can heal ourselves, not just our bodies, but our mind and spirit as well. I caught up with Sonia to discuss all of the multi-dimensions to this complex system of sickness, health, and overall well-being. Take a listen. Well, Sonia, I have been an admirer of your work for some years now. You know, you, you've tackled so many important aspects of reality uh, and the human existence from a perspective that I so resonate with. And it was recently that I was asked to take a look at your latest project, a documentary called The Business of Disease. And I have to tell you, you really nailed it. You nailed it in a way that is deserving of the highest of accolades. Listen, everyone, this is a film that you must not miss. But I will say, I'm going to say one thing. The title may be a little misleading because where it clearly demonstrates that dis-ease is indeed a business and how that business is conducted, this film is so well-rounded. In fact, I'd call it holistic. It, because it tackles virtually every angle of not just disease, but of health and how we can take health back into our own hands. So, Sonia, congratulations and welcome to Higher Journeys Radio. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I tell you, it sure is an honor. It's an honor to be here and it's an honor to know that you really thoroughly enjoyed the film. Oh, I and yes, it is a holistic uh experience watching it. Agreed. Yes. Absolutely agreed. Well, you know, you as the narrator as well, multi-talented, you you start the film with three very important questions. And I figured this would be apropos to start us off. You, you, you ask, at what point are we warned about the toxic chemicals in our environment? And then you ask, at what stage of severity are warnings issued on products pulled or corporations stopped? And then finally, and this is a big one, to what extent are we allowed to be lab rats before the insanity is halted? You dive right into the big questions at the, at the start of this film, don't you? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think, it, it, well, especially now, I think it's such an important time for people to really begin asking those questions. And, and first, you have to really be aware of it, you know, aware that maybe we are being lab rats. And mm. it's unbelievable that there's a lot of people that still really aren't quite aware uh, of what is going on. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I'm sure you saw in the very beginning, it, the film was saying it's really about really personal responsibility mm. uh, you know so I, I won't I let you go into that when you get ready but yes absolutely um, I think that for me those were very profound questions at yeah. what point do we stop and we say no more yeah. whether it be just for ourselves personally because that's where it has to start it has to begin with the individual we can, we, we can say that we're waiting on a group of people but a group is made up of individuals that's and right that that group is only as strong as each person. Each person has to have their own personal strength to begin with. Yeah. Um, so we're not just leaning on the idea of a group, 
but taking personal responsibility. So that's where I'm coming from. Well, I love that you're coming from from there. And that's where why I say I resonated immediately. I mean, we're, we're diving into a really, really big multidimensional angle immediately, Sonia, because again, this whole idea, I mean, look, we're, we're coming off of a, a weekend, we're going to talk about the Women's March a little bit. Uh, that just took place uh, a couple of days ago, uh, post the Trump inauguration. That's that's not what this is about. But in keeping with the idea of individual individuality or individualism versus collectivism, and you know we're talking now about protest and the, the group voice, and as as strong as I think that can be, before we can even. Uh, make any paradigm shift, whether it be in the uh, about our own health or the economy, it has to be done individually first. So I'm so glad that you stress that. And you stress that throughout throughout the film in, in a variety of ways. So I, I really do appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, one reason is because we are People are programmed to wait on the system, whatever the, that system may be, whether it be government or corporations or religion. Uh, I think people are programmed to really wait for a system or the system to fix things for them or to have their best interest at heart. Uh, and so, I, you know, I was really being strong and, and, and pointing it out in different ways, maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily always saying it that way, but pointing out these various um, conditions, these various uh, situations, you know, what, that we need to begin uh, to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the system can only be what it is when people, you know, easily or willingly uh, allow certain things to be. Right, right. Well, you know, this is this is a, again, we could ta- tackle this from so many angles, but I think that because there is this sense, this consent, not consensus, but this behavior on the part of still so many uh, of waiting, you know, putting the onus on something outside of themselves to change whatever it is. Those who may not wish the best for humanity have definitely seized on that weak link. And so from there, let's talk a little bit about the marketing of disease, because I think this is an integral part of the, the, the system's way of, of seizing that weak link in us. You know, the branding and how big pharma and so-called healthcare companies lure us into their web of influence and control. Let's talk about the marketing of disease. Oh, yeah. As you said, you know, there's so many angles that we could come at this because there there is so much uh so much going on so much that could be addressed because this is not this is not something that suddenly happened i mean this is we have to almost look at human behavior um over maybe hundreds thousands of years i mean here we are now at this moment in time um in reality but i think that people have been programmed that way to um, to one not trust themselves mm. um, to rely on something outside of them and we're sort of programmed to not really connect with our inward so marketing all of those components mm-hmm. become e- you know more easy easy influencers they they people are more easily influenced uh, based on survival mm-hmm. we can't do any of this without looking at um, those survival programs in, in human beings and the, and the fear that is projected to continue to support these aspects of survival. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing that human beings 
um, worry about. Uh, you know, I don't care who you are. Deep down, there's that core survival of annihilation, of not existing. Mm-hmm. Um, deep down, everyone wants to live. Everyone wants to be okay. They want to exist. Ultimately, health, no matter what you're dealing with, you want to make sure you're going to be alive. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, these these marketing companies do target that. These commercials target that. So people are afraid. They're worried that the things that they're saying in commercial one, they could they're either having these symptoms or they could be having these symptoms or they could possibly have this uh, happen. Like uh, was it? You got the whooping cough thing. You've got the what? What is the other one? If you've ever had chicken pox, um, it's oh the, the um, um, oh my goodness, oh, shingles, uh, shingles, yeah. right? So, so, so here it is. What does all that lead to? If, if, if you are going to get one of these illnesses that is portrayed by uh, some of these ads, um, what, what, what is it that the person is fearing? Well, that could develop into some other things and ultimately what it may, you may die. And, and so it always goes back to that core thing of human beings wanting to make sure that they are alive. And this is the reason why all of these um, ads seem to work so well in in triggering people and them running towards uh, the safety mm. of a more familiar system, yeah. which is what, unfortunately, we have to say is, is become traditional uh, medicine. That should be the alternative, actually, right. not the other way around. I, so yeah. People- so, so you see what I'm saying with, with the survival aspect. Um, yeah. People are freaked out. Seatbelts. Oh, my God. You know, insurance. Oh, my gosh. The commercial. You hear a car crash in the commercial. Oh, make sure you have insurance. Don't let this happen to you. So it's this constant thing going on of mm-hmm. caution. Right, right. You know, I'm glad you brought up the, the advertisement aspect, because as we know, that is probably the most prominent in your face aspect of uh, big pharma and healthcare and reminding us um, uh, of how sick of a culture we are. This is what I want to get into. You, you're, you're helping me segue this perfectly. Let's talk, Sonia, about these ads, whether they be 30 second spots or 60 second spots, and the disclaimers that invariably dominate these ads. Now, I've posed this question to a few people before because I happen to think there's something far more uh, dark and sinister. Sinister. Psychologically, mm-hmm. there is something else going on that people are missing. Now, people say, oh, they're disclaimers. I just want to make sure so they don't, they're not held liable. I say it's more than that. And I, I'm so anxious to get your way in on this. L- let me have you speak to that. And then I want to add a little, uh, a little uh, footnote when you're finished. What's really behind these doggone disclaimers? What do you think? Well, I, I mean, I, I think one, yes. Okay. We have to say, Yes, on the fact that they do present these disclaimers um, that are never that are not complete, by the way, anyway, because there's like Mm. a whole other million side effects anyway. So from from the aspect of in the game, they always have to tell you what's being done. All right. So so that's a good part of it. They have to tell you. Uh, the other aspect of it is that um, it triggers more fear in people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the, the third part of it is we can say, well, if people hear the side effects could cause death, but then they say, ask your doctor if it's right for you. Well, you, you have to remember your doctor, you're programmed to believe that your doctor does know 
what's right for you. You're assigned a doctor. Everybody has to have some sort of, you know, what's your what's your health health insurance plan? Uh, who's your doctor? Who's you know who's your pastor? There are just some protocols here, and I think with the um, with the disclaimers in the ad, I think they they just act as more. Um, triggers, uh, you know, for uh, for people's fears and, and their levels, deep levels of these health fears, but mm-hmm. people still ignore them. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't, they still ignore them. I don't even know if they're really hearing that. What they hear is what the issue is that can be solved. Mm-hmm. That's what they're hearing mm-hmm. more so than um, than what is actually being played. But subliminally, I'm sure it's triggering other things more on a subliminal level. Well, you know, there's something that I, um, and I think you're, you're bringing up a good point, and it, it's reminding me that maybe there are multiple outcomes that are expected when these commercials are made. I mean, let's, let's face it, and many know at this point that ads, uh, there's so much psychological uh, underpinning to the, you know, from the, the pace of the words that are spoken to the actual words that are spoken to how it hits the, the subliminal alpha channels of the brain, etc. But I, you know, Sonia, I don't know if you're familiar with a study that was done, uh, and I don't know, I can't cite who did it and even how long ago it was, but it was, I think they were testing, um, they were testing a message that's on, still on the, the Surgeon General's warning on the pack uh, side of a, the cigarette pack. And what they found, interestingly, was once they put that warning, may cause lung cancer, et cetera, et cetera, more people went and bought cigarettes. Yeah, and, and yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I so have heard of that. So mm-hmm. there, there's something deep and visceral in the human. Right. I don't know if it's the reptilian brain or, you know, that aspect of, um, you know, wanting a death wish, maybe. I, I don't know. But I've well, always I, felt. Yeah, I think people. But it's like you tell a child no. It's the same thing. You know, you tell a child no or dangerous or don't do that. Uh, teenagers or, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. Um and and then they tend to do the exact opposite. Mm. You, you know, so so I think there's some sort of programming there. There's some aspect of us that um that that maybe interprets things completely different, completely opposite. Obviously this doesn't affect everyone, but there are people that have more of a propensity to uh, a certain kind of behavior, certain belief systems um are are absolutely targeted. The thing that you get um marketing Psych, well, psychologist like um, uh, Clotier Rapai, Dr. Clotier Rapai, that was in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually, along with others, they say that they can't convince people to do anything mm-hmm. in marketing. That's what they say. We what, what they do is they give people what they want. But here's here's the thing with that. This is what I say. <laughs> and again, this is layers deep. When you say we can't convince people, we give them what they want. Well, yes, because people have been programmed for generations or for years mm-hmm. in in certain aspects of belief systems and thinking. So a foundation already exists. Agreed. For yeah, for whatever is being offered. So now you, it looks like the person is making an authentic choice. But yet their choices are built on layers and layers and layers of old belief systems that now we know does travel through um, our, what is it, our DNA or, or gene pool, you know, your, the, the, the challenges your, your mother went through or uh, what you saw or felt in, in, in the house or what was happening to your mother anyway or even her grandmother 
that information actually uh, travels through to you because we're very much like a computer system, whether we mm. want to acknowledge that or not. And everything is data. Everything is, is information. We're made up of information. Our cells are made up of information. We have it's streams of data, streams of information that's traveling all the time. That's what we're dealing with. So I think in understanding this, we can start realizing how easy it is for different kinds of information to find its way into someone's life, someone's behavior, mm-hmm. because everything is looking for some for, for a familiar to attach to. Mm-hmm. It has some some resonance there, something some sort of resonant uh, field or or in, or data that um, that it gets drawn to and and attaches to that. So there's this is a much bigger story mm-hmm. okay. um, that we'd have to. We could lead into science. We could lead into so much in understanding why some people are more susceptible to this as opposed to uh, others. Some people mm. are dead. Some people are dead asleep. They do not want you to tell them anything that could have evolved their life mm-hmm. or changed them. You can tell them about something holistic, but they'll go right to the doctor because they're programmed to believe that the medical doctor is. That's who's going to have the correct information for them. They trust. Beautifully said. I couldn't say it any better, my dear. This is deep and it's multi-layered and it's legacy. It's so long. And frankly, for me, it's frustrating because you want so much for people to think, you know, I'm a big advocate of the sovereign path, the sovereign journey. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you said something very key. For whatever reason, some people have a proclivity to that sovereign path where others are just so you know programmed to the point where they just there's if it's out of context there's absolutely no way they could even consider it that in and of itself is it's we could take the rest of our lives trying to unpack they're not even hearing what you're saying no not at all yeah they're hearing something different yeah 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 oh my (laughs) goodness well so we're speaking to the people that hopefully will resonate with what we're saying um, and can benefit from this this fantastic movie. But, you know, look, we're, we're going to talk about a little bit of the dark, a little bit of the light, and hopefully a revelation uh, that can come through this movie that we can take action. But I want to stick with the dark for a little bit longer. I want to talk about color and imagery mm-hmm. and symbols these associations when it comes to the marketing of these brands. Now, in mm-hmm. your film, Sonia, you specifically highlight pink being associated, mm-hmm. everybody knows, with breast cancer mm-hmm. and how that, that whole effort really drew women into the so-called fight against breast cancer. And, mm-hmm. you know, interestingly, we just saw what? Pink again used as oh, yeah. the, the hallmark color in the Women's March just this past yep. weekend. And listen, for the record, I want to say, what a stunning turnout. I'm in no way against what happened. Um, I'm just pointing out how it was very interesting that these patterns continue for whatever it is that we're looking to bind to, pink mm-hmm. in this case. What, what's mm-hmm. behind all that, you think? Oh, my goodness. It's so funny you said that. Um, my husband yesterday was, I don't know, could have been yesterday that mentioned, mentioned that again. He goes, you want to get, you want one of those pink hats? And I was like, (laughs) absolutely not. I said, it is quite interesting that that pink, uh, which is the same color that Mm. is now the symbol for breast cancer. And I've talked about this so much because that's, this is, this is how this film was actually born. Mm. Um, I wrote an article called the marketing of breast cancer, the pink ribbon agenda. 
and uh, which can be still be found on the on the business of disease website. Uh-huh. Um, and and it was my observation of this. You know, do you want to do you want to donate? You know, breast cancer awareness. And I, I was just so irritated. I didn't even realize it was supposedly Breast Cancer Month. I because I wasn't paying attention. It's like God, these people keep asking me. And I said, and then I started to look at well, what is this? What is this doing? I'm wondering what is this pink ribbon? This idea now doing to our minds because our first language is symbols. Mm-hmm. We. We get more information. There is more information that unravels in us based on a symbol that we see than than the actual words that come out of our mouth. Absolutely. Uh, so that was my thing. I thought, well, what is this? You know, how is everybody now taking this in? Man, woman, you know, child. How is everybody taking this in? Because I, I started to see that pink, no matter what, what you see that's pink, na- automatically – we're starting to remember the, the idea of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I think that this pink uh, is suddenly now being used um, as, as part of that uh, reminder. I think it's triggering something uh, in us. And I think we're seeing more of this breast cancer rise because people are almost like getting a permission, like it, it's okay, it's a standard. It's like catching a cold. Uh, to you know, to get breast cancer and to see celebrities mm. um, being presented before us, like if they could get us get this, then anybody can. And look, they're okay. Look, it's okay to to remove your breast. Uh, you know, we can just replace it with with something else. Right. Now, I like to put the, make the disclaimer for anybody out there who. Because this is such a big subject, I don't think we have, we're going to be able to cover it um, in the manner that it should be covered. So I always like to make the disclaimer. Please understand that this is not – I am not speaking against people who have breast cancer or uh, sickness. I'm, I'm, what I'm looking at is how are we being driven towards these kinds of uh, understandings that become our reality, that's becoming normalized for us, that's becoming acceptable. Um, and th- this is this is what I'm looking at. When you have pink ribbon uh, Barbie, which is when I was doing the research, I was like, are you kidding me? There's mm. pink ribbon Barbie, uh, you know, toilet paper with pink ribbons. There's pink this. The NFL store, when I looked at the NFL store online, you know, they were selling all these pink things. And, mm. and 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 it's suddenly, believe it or not, an illness, a disease can become trendy, and we are caught in a trend right now. Um, one more thing I want to say with that is that um, the brain looks for patterns. This is how we are as human beings. It 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 looks for patterns. This is how our whole reality sort of operates. Everything has some sort of uh, pattern structure to it, and so what because the brain looks for patterns. Uh, it's very easy to um, to incorporate something like this, the mm-hmm. idea of pink, where where that becomes part of the system, the system of um, recognition, identity. Uh, and this is what I see uh, going on, and it's very subtle. One time, pink used to be for boys, and a lot of people don't realize it, and blue used mm. to be for girls. Um, that and that was something that I, I looked at then as well. And I don't remember if it changed in the twenties or, or some point in time. Uh, it it changed. So pink was more for boys because it supposedly was closer to the the 
the color of blood um, because they wanted boys to be a little bit more uh, ready for war. Um, so that that was that was more of that kind of um, programming. Then it got changed. Now pink, the color pink and um, and uh, your your blood cells and what uh, cancer looks like. Um, those are the things more associated now with really that the idea of pink. It has to do with your, you know, your your cells, your blood cells, uh-huh. and uh, and so so you don't even have to know this because it becomes an automatic interpretation in your in your being, yeah. um, with everything around you supporting the possibility of get breast cancer being on the rise and one in, you know, know whatever, three women or five or four, whatever it is, the statistics they give you help you to be afraid that you could be a statistic. Right. Um, so there's so many components to this, the emotional. So you're nailing it. it. You're nailing it, yeah. girl. I think you're really bringing up some things that in only Sonia Barrett style can do. I think you are really nailing it. Well, you, you're bringing something up and we could, we could again spend a, a few hours just on this particular campaign, if you will. And I'm, thank you for the disclaimer. And I'm going to piggyback that by saying all power to those who are not just suffering from uh, breast cancer, but so many, the, the cornucopia of other cancers and working together to try to eradicate it. I, how, how can you be against that? What we're talking about, everyone, is what may be going on that may not be so obvious to you. Um, really taking advantage of our humanity and our humility uh, and our empathy. And this makes me wonder, uh, Sonia, could it be, you're saying, you're alluding to the idea that we may be catching certain diseases through these these, uh, various, um, these channels of of empathy, maybe even uh, bound by color and how our brain responds. There's something deep going on there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely. This goes back it, to the business of disease, does it not? This goes back goes, to the business of disease. It goes back to the business of disease. Absolutely. Oh, it's so layers deep. It's it just, sure is. This is incredible. But but I also want to say that you know when I with the disclaimer is that there are people. If 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 anyone were able to get on the website and see the where the article is on the, the business, we'll of have it linked. We'll com, have it linked. Yeah. yeah, they'll see. I I what I did was I went ahead and I put um, the responses to the articles and uh, I didn't filter anything. And I gotta tell you, there were people that have had breast cancer. They had breast removed, mm-hmm. and they all loved the article. And they and and some several Excellent. of the people said. They wish that they had seen something like this before. Mm. There were people that admitted that they did it out of fear because this person, their mother had it or so, so whatever, whoever else had it. Um, and the emotional component involved and all of these factors. So so just to let you know, there are people who have been in those condition, situations with, with their health that read the article and for them, it, it, a light came on. So I, I just that. wanted to, to make that clear because we're not about beating anybody up. No, on no, this. no. Yeah, yeah, I know. And again, you've got to be so careful these days because everybody wants to be so politically correct. But the Everybody's last thing, sensitive. everyone's sensitive. But but you know what we're what you and I do, Sonia, is try to convey a, another perspective for the good of uh, humanity, not the opposite. So uh, maybe Absolutely. maybe we can link that. Uh, I would love for people uh, to to see that in its entirety, including the comments. Well, you know, again, I want to I want to move down the line a little bit, but 
I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about in the in the spirit of brainwashing, how the mm-hmm. doctors, the doctors, the physicians themselves are also lured into mm-hmm. this strict healthcare orthodoxy, and many mm-hmm. never escape. And I have quite a few friends that are physicians. Uh, most of which I do not have these sorts of conversations with. Some I do, <laughs> but you know, this just adds to adds another layer, right, to a very uh, compounding oh, yeah. issue. Hmm. I mean, in a way, you can almost say nobody escapes this. And there's so many. There's different ways um, in which different segments, different categories of uh, people, whether it be um, by profession or just you know, socially, as far as our society is concerned, how people are categorized um, for different kinds of programs and belief systems. And of course, you have doctors that are uh, completely ignorant um, to many things. And I have talked to some that, you know, the first they were going to be in the film, and then they decided not to, they backed Mm. up. Um, There's fear of losing license. There is also ignorance in terms of uh, what is taught in medical school, what is not taught, I should say, uh, in medical school. And they've also been programmed to believe that they sort of are the end all. And uh, I think what other thing you have to look at is, you know, the idea, of course, that they're practicing uh, medicine. Of course, there's a reason why they have to use that word, they're mm. practicing medicine, um, because they can't, they don't cure anything. They uh, Band-Aid, and this is not, this is not we're talking conspiracy or anything. It's, it's just, a, it's a fact. So that's the reason why they cut things out. Um, they don't know how to mend the body to, or, or help the body. Let's, let's say this. To help the body to mend, um, because the body is the body knows how to fix itself mm-hmm. under the right conditions. So, but the doctor is is taught, and it really is a programming, um, a, a set of rules and conditions around uh, practicing medicine. Was it allopathic medicine? Practicing that kind of medicine, and so it it becomes very limited, and so they have to operate in the box of those um, conclusions and uh, options. Uh, so this is why it's very hard for them to step outside and to see, well, maybe there is another uh, model, another way of operating, because it's not accepted within the, the structure of what they signed for. They signed right. on the bottom, bo- the dotted line um, with the, you know, AMA and they've got, they have to stay within those those guidelines, right? And that and that's what your life is in. Your your life is in the hands of someone who has to operate in a box based on. And and we're not saying all doctors. Once again, there's some fabulous doctors. There's some doctors that really mean well. Mm-hmm. But what what I'm speaking of is when do you decide that you need to go to the doctor? Not the manner in which it is now where we completely forget about the fact that there are ways to heal and fix ourselves or or assist the body anyway in Mm -hmm. healing itself as opposed to running off and getting antibiotics and getting a quick fix that ultimately at some given point in one's life um, all backfires right. and the body starts to break down. Undermines, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Agreed with you, yeah. And we call that getting old and falling apart. And I say no. A lot of times it's an accumulation of 
the life we've lived, an accumulation of um, what we've taken into our bodies, um, especially people have been doing a lot of pharmaceuticals or mm. whatever over-the-counter drug. There's yeah. a, mo- a more natural way anyway yeah. Um, yeah. for us to care for the body. Well, I have to tell you, I grew up in an alternative household. I've said that a million times. God bless my parents, both gone. My father lived to be close to 91, and he was on the treadmill mm-hmm. and juicing. And, you know, actually, he was an, uh, an engineer and scientist at MIT and actually created a hydraulic press to get the purest carrot juice possible. You wow. know, we had bee pollen and, and <laughs> CoQ10. And so I grew, nice. <laughs> I grew up with that. And, you know, it was through them that I learned, you know, uh, my mother had heart disease. And, you know, she used to talk about all the, the, the medicines that she was on. But she would say, you know, Alexis, uh, digitalis is a major ingredient in, in, in uh, modern heart medication. But digitalis comes from an herb, foxglove. Right. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, so and and yet so many in the field of allopathic medicine are so vehemently against herbal remedies as a part of a health regimen. And I love the way you put Sonia, you know, it's not I don't like using the term alternative health because it suggests Mm -hmm. that we're throwing everything in allopathic medicine away. And as we know, it can do some amazing and has done some amazing things, uh, but rather to augment to help the body heal itself, because that's what it's designed to do. So maybe we can transition a little bit into the um, the the well, what's viewed as the alternative, uh, but some of the things that we can do to augment, and that is holistic. Um, you know, there, there's a lot there. There, there's a tremendous amount there. Um, and yes, uh, let me also say, based on what you said, that um, pretty much, you know, all the the pharmaceutical stuff, <laughs> there's always a degree of nature in it. They. Mm. they they, it's derived from plants, and it's it's the chemical uh, transformation that uh, that happens with it that they do with it. It's what they do with it that changes the structure of uh, of of that maybe that aspect of the plant uh, that they extracted, and and then it becomes something very different, and and that's why the body reacts to it because the body recognizes it as a foreign substance it doesn't chemic align with the body because the body's a chemical factory hmm. and uh and so it goes against and so that's why the body goes in opposition to um to those pharmaceuticals uh-huh. um so okay so what was the question again you had asked well, you know, before, me before well we were gonna I, I i want to spend some time talking about uh, getting away oh, what maybe we can for do the business. but you brought another point up you're like helping me segue so beautifully i love this synchronicity <laughs> You know, you talk about the uh, the base to many modern medications. Well, let's call them drugs. That's this is what mm-hmm. I want to talk about. Right. Coming from the natural world, coming from the herbal kingdom, including poppies, which mm-hmm. make what opioid, mm. heroin. Oh, right, right, I, be- right. Before we fully leave the, the this mm-hmm. crazy dark side, I want to ask you, Sonia, about this opiate addiction epidemic. Is what they're calling it something? It, it seems as if it's something that just recently, relatively recently came onto the scene. Uh, That's what we're being told anyway. But again, is there something hidden behind it? What is really happening with this heroin epidemic? What do you think? Jeez, I, I don't even know if I realized it was such a heroin epidemic oh my God. right now. Well, yeah, oh, absolutely. It's, oh, it's huge. And it, may, it could very well be. Now, I'm on the East Coast and we're hearing so much about uh, the crisis, they're calling it, uh, particularly well, in the it, eastern states. But yeah, oh, no, definitely. I, 
But I think it's no different than when we, you know, we've had the crack uh, epidemic. And I think, again, we are a society that comes up with trends and themes. And um, Mm. with each one of these trends that we've had, whether it be uh, when crack went crazy, you know, we don't really hear about it like we we were at one point, you know, crystal, cocaine. Um, I think that there's a theme, there's a period there where uh, it, it, if somebody is indeed initiating it, because something initiates this stuff, mm-hmm. somebody initiates it. Because we live in such a, a society where um, there's a lot of sinister uh, activity um, that, that occurs to produce a certain outcome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I think what you're asking is, you know, you know what is what is the outcome what is supposed to happen here and that sometimes is what we don't get to necessarily see right away but what we do what we can know is this what is the greatest place that we can affect that that really can create issues in our lives as human beings is our brain Mm -hmm. is 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 how the brain functions um is the brain you know the brain is a pliable thing it's very pliable um, you know, what, what can we be led to believe, to do, to, I mean, it's that, it's that pliable where, uh, like a computer, it can be hacked, programmed, if it doesn't work properly, um, there's so many things that can happen. And these, these chemicals, these drugs alter the brain in, in people in different ways. And it, it does change you in terms of, how you think or process information or what you're able to do. Uh, And over time, we might not, it's so subtle sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. it's so subtle in terms of the changes that happen with human beings um, that nobody really notices it. It's called gradualism. We we can all suddenly change, or not suddenly, but change as a society. um, And nobody would really notice that we changed in a major way. And it's been like this forever. It's mm-hmm. been going on like this for a long time. And when you are born into, you're born into 2017, you from 2017 on to the period of time you live in your life, that's all that you will know. You will not know what we were like 20, 30, 50, 100 years prior. All mm-hmm. you have is what? history somebody else's information somebody documented we have no proof we have no idea that's right you of a, got of it. a lot of things yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. so we gradually change and become something else and nobody remembers what we once were right. and it goes on and on and on like this and i like to point this out to people because they can't really deny it you scratch your head and you start thinking about it because you never thought about it before. Yeah. We can tell kids now about rotary phones. Um, I mean, they see pictures of it, but they have no idea. They've never experienced what a rotary phone is like or not to have call waiting or cell phones. Mm-hmm. They, you're born in the reality that you're born into, you pick up from there. And uh, that all becomes your your uh, interaction with reality, your truth, everything else is is information that you've heard. Mm. And yet you will be a product of a changed uh, group of human beings. You are now the result of a chain reaction of a change. And that's why I don't, I don't want to jump into other things, but I have to throw oh, this Oh, no, in. this is this is fabulous. Continue. I love and, it. And this is why we see 
lots of movies now. You know, we 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 see a lot of the, the superheroes. We see a lot of um, the uh, enhanced human beings. Um, uh, you know, beings with abilities. We we've been leading up to that. People don't think to themselves, well. Why are we suddenly doing that? Well, is it possible that once upon a time we were a bit more intuitive? Mm-hmm. We were a bit more, you know, so many things that are now considered like an impossibility. But suddenly we're we're moving back into that that space, and mm-hmm. it and and it's acceptable. It's gra- this is gradualism. Gradually, you're accepting robots. Gradually, mm-hmm. you're accepting. <laughs> this and you're except and gradually and in 50 years the generation that comes will not have to gradually accept anything because that will be the reality at that moment so there's nothing to question yeah. so it is with you and i and the timeline that we were born into Absolutely. i think these are important and this is the, the what the question you asked me before with the drugs and so on mm-hmm. these are ways in which a society can be gradually made to change and change and change. And the genes of those people, when they have children, th- that's even changed based on the drugs they were taking. There's mm-hmm. ch- there's changes, subtle changes that happen um, that lead us to, uh, you know, what our society gradually becomes in, in 20 years or 30 or 50 or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. These are very important most absolutely important. Look, we live, I believe we live our lives in complete relativity, don't we? <laughs> we we do. I mean, it's all relative. You know, the question has been posed, what is it that you know for sure, unequivocally? And I would have to say nothing <laughs> other than what's what we're doing right at this very moment. Exactly. And that <laughs> so, is what I tell people all the time. Yes. The only thing you know about the world for sure is what you are experiencing in that moment That's when right. you leave that when you're in your house when you get in your car when you're on the freeway that is what you know about the world that is your slice of the world that right. is the world everything else about what the world is is brought to you through images and pictures and That's videos right. um and and whatever That's whatever right. media that is crucial and the rub is sonia that most people will take that little slice of what they know or what they've heard and Mm -hmm. regurgitate it back as if it counts for the totality of reality oh absolutely and and so that's you know we've hit on something where i i'm in my sweet spot now i love to talk about this and i think it's very important and it's right and it's applicable to what we're talking about because it is you you can apply it to virtually every aspect of life so let's health is the the core i'm not i'm sorry no no no, but yeah but 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 health is the foundation of all of this you you are not healthy you know somebody you know if you don't have great health you know people people check out um so so what we're talking about has everything mm. to do with all of this Absolutely. the idea of health and the healthcare scream you know anyway i i i could go crazy with this whole healthcare trend that's been going on for the last yeah. 10 years that, that that's like a whole other show yeah well we'll do another show and another and another until we <laughs> That's right. Well, let's talk about Prozac. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Listen, 
this is an interesting thing that just kind of I had an epiphany as I was preparing for our interview. And, you know, I've always been interested in language, Sonia, and meaning symbolically and etymologically, especially. And one of the words that was discussed in your films, one of the, the drugs is Prozac, the famous antidepressant and so-called so mood stabilizer. And, you know, as I hear that word, another word comes to mind, and that's prosaic. Prosaic mm. is essentially, mm. there's a couple of meanings, but the number one is it's an adjective for being commonplace or dull and mm -hmm. unimaginative. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. interesting that within your film, you, you also give voice to the importance of imagination uh, mm -hmm. as a means to psychological and emotional health. And I find that fascinating and yet disturbing at the same time, because in reality, if there's some connection between the drug called Prozac and prosaic, among other things, is Prozac really what it's doing is dulling the creative imagination while being marketed to fix a so-called mental disease? Well, yes, because um, one, you know, dullness in that sense that we're speaking of um, promotes conformity. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's people are just quite a bit easier. Uh, they conform a lot easier. One, because you're not really tapping into your uh, imaginative, your creative uh, side, not like that. You're sort of neutral. You're sort of on this... Um, this 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 one level kind of uh, ride where you're sort of zone you, you you to some degree yeah you're you're zoned out you're functional enough, um, which is what the commercials when we see even those other commercials um, which for for products like um, Prozac and the woman has a cloud over her head or she's mm. running and skipping and jumping and um, doing all of these things so so there is this idea that you stay in this neutral space but the thing is all our emotions are significant. Mm -hmm. They're trying to say that that the only the only emotions that you're going to head for now, now is happiness, mm. some sort of bliss. Okay, but all those emotions they are frequencies, and they run through us for a reason. Mm -hmm. This is an electrical electromagnetic system. This being this vessel, this body that we're in, and emotions are what electrical electrochemical impulses. That's right. And so you are processing your feelings. And so people are being taught to think that to have a moment when you're down is a bad thing. It's like, oh, no, you can't, you know, you can't be that. Um, but they all are very significant to the way their body operates. True, right. there are people that get, get locked into um, a depression. Uh, like everything else, everything, you know, becomes a habit and the depression becomes a habitual experience and you be, you you actually become chemically, it's like addicted to a particular kind of behavior, uh, and experience. So we're talking about conformity. I, I, that's what I see that comes out of, uh, it, um, is being caught up in some of these drugs. You're not going to be that uh, overly imaginative. That's right. You're, yeah, and imagination you're okay. is powerful. Creative imagination is completely powerful. And I, you know, again, I'm I'm basically uh, kind of uh, intimating that there there may be a conspiratorial aspect here. So be it. They happen all the time. Well, that's but, the and, conformity. Yeah, the Prozac. Right, Prozac, Prozaic. Uh, we're giving you a drug mm -hmm. to dull your ability to think for yourself, to imagine mm -hmm. yourself well. At Al, so I just wanted it's easier to, bring to that control up. people. I mean, it's just so much easier if because, okay, here we go. Um, it, <laughs> go for it's it. It's so much easier to have that kind of mindset because one, 
reality, the idea of reality, which is something I, I talk about consistently, we're sold an idea mm-hmm. about what reality should look like. That's, That's right. really important that people understand that. We're sold an idea, and hence, you know, we have concepts like the American dream and so on and so forth. Um, but in general, we're sold an idea from birth to death as to what reality should look like. And uh, with that said, it is then easy to, um, in, in what's, what's the word, inject mm-hmm. um, other concepts in that same idea of reality. If somebody's able to change what reality looks like or the blueprint that, that we have uh, for what life should look like, the idea that is sold to us day in and day out, billboards everywhere, just all around a school, everything sells us that same package, right? Then it's easy to... Uh, incorporate other components in this packaged idea of reality that's being sold. And certainly if you are on uh, certain kinds of drugs, it is going to be a lot easier to hack someone's mm. mind. The mind. And this is what we're doing. We're hacking, um, which is why you're seeing all these these movies, these films and stuff, because they're really starting to understand that. These are things I was talking about years ago when I started talking about yeah. um, the engineering of uh, reality and the engineering of uh, human beings. Now we're seeing all of this come out. And and yes, for anybody listening, for some people, I don't know, it, it might seem like a lot, but I got to tell you, you have two choices. You have the decision that you go, you know what? I'm really ready to see more of what's possible. I'm really mm. ready to, to, to see all of all of what I am, all of what I can be, how all of this works. And if you say to yourself, well, I'm not ready to do that, then you have to ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Right. Because I guarantee you the fear that you have is a, a foundation, a fear that is being pro- that has been projected, whether it be through family and they're carrying, um, you know, they're carrying this this same kind of uh, fear and pass it on, you know, generationally. But you have to stop and you have to go ahead and look and see, because if you don't do any of those things, life is still going to go on. Mm-hmm. But you're going to always march completely to the tune of somebody else's somebody drum beat and maybe you won't be the wiser not everybody's supposed to um wake up to this understanding i get that yeah everybody's here um as a free agent to have the human experience in whatever way they may choose to have that human experience but what shows like this are doing it's giving people the option to decide and to to get that wake up and go you know what I want to do more. I want to know more. And this is what what Alexis and I are speaking about. Yeah. Well, you are so articulate in this. I love it. We we speak from the same (laughs) consciousness, I think. We're going to talk about the true nature of reality, maybe offline, and you create your own reality at Al. I just think it's powerful. I I was looking at the clock thinking we had, oh, we've got another half hour. No, we've got about 15 (laughs) minutes. So we're going to have to, we're going to, let's, let's move on to the, we're going to have a part two, I hope, because it's just what we're talking about. We're just cutting to the, to the heart of, of so many important things. And I'm so, again, so grateful to have you and your wisdom uh, and sharing it with our audience. Let's talk about sound because folks, I'm telling you, you got to see this film the business of disease, because again, it's bigger than the business of disease. It's about, it's about the business of health, our business, and all of the different aspects that you packed into this 
Oh, how, how long is the movie? About an hour and hour? It's, and... it's um, uh, 77 minutes. Yeah, a little over an hour. To... You, yeah, did, you just was, did yeah. a, a beautiful job of divvying it up, if you will, and segueing from, from the darkness into the light. And I, listen, I was so excited to see that you featured my colleague and friend, Stephen Halpern. Oh, yeah, uh, he's a good friend. I love yeah. him, who yeah, I, I affectionately yeah. call Stephen the sound scientist. <laughs> yes. And he's just, he's brilliant. You know, we did a, a little project together called mm-hmm. uh, Transformation Through Spiritual Wellness, which is a, a guided meditation uh, that I voiced, which was done in conjunction with his deep alpha so i, mm-hmm. I just absolutely love Stephen, and he you gave him some some good airtime, and he he talked about the role of sound and music and the nourishing of our physical emotional and spiritual self and i was so happy that you included the importance of sound and um even bioacoustic research into your film that was great mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think what people forget is that we are sound. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't hear that um, uh, enough. But I think when people really, you know, understand more, uh, just looking at the science of it, we're not talking anything off the wall, but just uh, in general, um, science understands that. But we we, we are sound. And so because of that, um, we are looking for, the body is looking for sounds the frequencies that resonate and that's where music becomes so significant or even as sherry edwards mentioned Mm. um waterfalls uh sounds in nature these are things that um this this vehicle this vessel this being uh, resonates with because they're it's so natural to it and it's uh, healing. You can have healing sounds. These sounds can actually adjust, uh, you know, as something going on in you, a disease, a disease has its own frequency of sound, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, everything is some sort of harmonic. And I think that, you know, that's something that again, people need to understand that we are a melody. I like to say, Mm. uh, you know, we are an absolute melody. And when we are out of sync, when aspects are, are out out of sync as, as, as a piano, somebody playing a tune and they hit a sour note, you're going to hear that sour note. Mm. Um, so it is with our health. When, when there is dis-ease, it, it means that there is disharmony mm-hmm. in the body and it's looking for those right tones to be uh, played. And when it, when it hears it, like from Stephen's music, mm. It it's it's almost like it takes a, every cell takes a deep breath, and it relaxes and aligns. And you, more importantly, the brain gets to get you to relax for a minute to shut you down just enough. Whether it be your mind space of thinking, it shifts the brain enough for the body to repair for the communication to happen between the brain and the body in the repair process. Um, you know, which is why we go to sleep because the mm-hmm. brain gets to shut shut you down enough to try to re- make repairs from the day's events, mm-hmm. all the emotional stuff that uh, impacts the body. So sound um, is very, very significant uh, in terms of what resonates with you. And I think people should really begin to tune into uh, into that more, mm-hmm. um, you know see what that feels like for them different kinds of music and um and sound therapies and 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 many of those components because you are sound absolutely i agree well you know there's a lot of talk going on about the uh the frequency or the the hertz range i guess uh yes shifting from fourth is it shifting from 432 to 440 or the other way around 
or forty to four. I, I, I think can't. it's f- four four. I don't remember what yeah. it is. But it's in my book from ten years ago. Right, but, right. Yeah. I mean, you covered these things years ago. But again, it it, it will make you far more mm-hmm. cognizant of you know, the music that you're listening to casually mm-hmm. and, and whether it was a, a devious pursuit or not, it seems like in many cases it is, that music was purposely recorded and something that was in uh, not in alignment with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it was cause mm-hmm. adding insult to, to injury. So yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, you, it you've got to... Sh- like shorting you out. Yeah. 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 Something, you know, quickly, something else that Stephen Halpern, I believe, mentioned in this film, Sonia, was, um, and you have too, of course, the electromagnetic assault that we're getting through our plugs and our outlets mm, in our home. Yes. Uh, you know, that's another big thing. Maybe I can have you back to talk about that if, you, if you'd if uh, like to, because yeah, I think that's, that's humongous. Important. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm becoming more and more aware of just, you know, it's not just the Wi-Fi. It's not just the smart meters. Yes, they're, they're, they're that's there. But we're talking about your basic uh, electrical outlet. And I've even right. heard, you know, where you, know, you talk about uh, the sleep time being repair time. Heck, how can we when we've got we're being assaulted even while we're asleep? Yeah. Can you right, make right. a comment you have or to two? empty your room? Uh, beds yeah. that are over outlets, um, that kind of thing. It, you know, it's it's known to be draining the body while it's sleeping or even phones that are um, flashing or uh, lights. We don't, in our bedroom, we don't have a T, we don't keep a TV um, in our bedroom. We don't have really hardly any, there's a radio in there um, because my husband likes it, but we don't have electrical things. We don't plug our phones up in our bedroom. No, um, nor do we. Or anything. Yeah, we we don't have anything plugged into in there. And, And it needs to be quiet and uh, dark. I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons why that needs to be. But this is the repair time for the body and the fact that uh, in your bedroom, you know, when you're able to sleep well, your body is going through a um, different different stages, mm-hmm. you know, at different times. And I think in, in the film, it does show it uh, there's a there's a little clock thing that shows you the different things that are happening in the body at various times yes. of the day and and of the night. Um, so it 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 is um, because it is a chemical factory. It is changing. It's changing of the guards with the various hormones that are um, being converted or changed or um, being produced uh, more at different times. Like women in particular, nighttime, when we don't get enough sleep, the cortisol level just goes up and then we have weight issues and so on. So there's you know, there's lo- lots of lots of things that we could do that don't cost anything. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. this is a place to find it and, and, you know, find out what some of those things are. You know, if there was one thing, we're going to wind down now, but if there is one thing you could leave the audience with is, is in terms of uh, a takeaway from this particular film, if you could synthesize it, if you can, uh, f- uh, from this film, what would that be? One takeaway. Um, I would say to really... I think one has to really sit and uh, really begin to get some truthful, truthful um, answers from from yourself about your life right now uh, and where you are and how you feel. Um, and it's more than one answer, but I think truth in the end becomes a really big thing as to where you are and what you're satisfied with right now and what next step um, you think you need to take in uh, making changes in your life. Because that's what it boils down to. How do I feel about my life? Mm-hmm. In the end, that's that's what it boils down to. Am I happy? If I'm not happy, then why? What's going on? 
that to me begins the ball of rolling because then you open up opportunities and possibilities Absolutely. To, to in to welcome those kinds of uh, changes. Okay, that's beautiful. Well, I know you ended the film, I believe this was the last spoken word. And you simply mm-hmm. said life is to be lived. And that should be the focus. And I say, here, here, Sonia Barrett, here, here, mm-hmm. tell us where we can get this film. So people can All get- right. Well, okay. Right now you can go on the website. If you really want to watch it, like right after you hear this, um, the only place you can see it right now is pay-per-view on the website. It's a pre-launch, so mm. you can see it there. Um, but the, the film is actually being distributed coming out in February on demand channels, um, oh, U.S. Great. and Canada digital platforms, um, iTunes, Amazon, all over. You can check your TV, um, you know, for it, but it'll be listed on the website. Uh, But for now, anybody wants to see it right away, it's a pre-launch, so you can go to the website and you can uh, watch it pay-per-view. It's $6 to be able to do that. The book, oh my goodness, the book is there too. There's a book. Talk about the book real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, there's a book that um, is an extension of the film. It is incredible. It's called Health and Inside Job and Outside Business business and it's a chapter written by everybody in the film this is not just any health book this everything is edgy everything is cutting edge this book is amazing in terms of the information that you would find in there even Stephen has a chapter in there as well and dr guazami and you know lots of people wonderful Um, lineup by the way wonderful lineup in that that film you you really had it covered yeah thank you it's available on the website thebusinessofdisease.com is where you can get the book as a package or, you know, um, or separately, whatever you want to do. And then my website is the real If somebody really wants to find out more about what I do, you can go there and you can Google me as well. It's, you know, I come up all over the place. She's telling the truth, people. She is telling the truth. <laughs> I've been to both the business of and the real And there's a cornucopia of great stuff, uh, to, to take. And so, Oh, uh, yeah, Go no, ahead. I'll yeah. give you the links later, but um, I just did a uh, seven-day course. It's really now going to be a handbook, but it's simple ways to step outside of your comfort zone. It's a seven-day course, and people are having, like, amazing results with it, and I walk you through uh, your life, you know, every day, in the morning and in the evening, and it's a it's a book, it's an ebook and uh, videos that you receive morning and evening to help okay. you actually walk through all the things that you need to do to wake up and step Love outside your well, comfort zone. Make sure you get us the link so I can have that accompanying this post. There will be so much to look at. Sonia Barrett, what can I say? What a pleasure and an honor to have you. And for all the years that you have poured yourself into our well-being end-to-end. I'm really appreciative. So on behalf of Higher Journeys Radio, thank you so much. Thank you. As evidenced in this one short conversation, nothing about ourselves, our health, our lives can be looked at in a vacuum. It's time to connect the dots. Whether it's falling prey to the business of disease or deciding to bust out of the social program by exercising our imagination, the decision is ultimately ours as individuals rather than just a collective. Sonia Barrett's film, The Business of Disease, is one that can't be missed by anyone. In fact, we at Higher Journeys Radio are giving two listeners from our audience the opportunity to view the film on demand for free. 
Simply go to the Higher Journeys Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Higher Journeys and like the post about this interview and you'll be automatically entered to win a private screening of the film. We'll announce the winners on Wednesday, February 1st. I hope you found this episode informative and motivating. My special thanks to Sonia Barrett for her tireless work in helping to wake up the world to the power that is truly in our hands. Thanks for listening to Higher Journeys Radio. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks. Music